couple announcements before we begin our worship today. First and foremost is prayer cards. If you want, to, want us to pray in this service, or if you want the prayer, prayer uh, to go to the prayer team, if you'll fill out a prayer card, ushers will have one, and they will give, give them to me. Uh, second thing, house, housekeeping notice. We've been leaving rows of chairs up on this side this week. We need to leave the rows of chairs up on this side because they're going to be using the projector. Today's the Epworth Children's Home offering. Those of you who attended the first um, family meal heard the speaker from Epworth Children's Home. And if you, if you were there, you heard him say that uh, the goal for the churches is to have $6 per member per year. And he said we were like at $5 and some change. So if you give a decent offering today on this Epworth Children's Home Offering Day, we might actually break across the threshold, and that would be wonderful. Remember, there in, I believe, in the Contemporary Service Building, and there is a special envelope and some more information about Epworth. Um, he was telling us they had everybody from age four through college at Elkhorn Children's Home, ministry of our church. Uh, next Sunday, a reminder that we will uh, honor uh, Ann Mayfield after the 11 o'clock service. And if you'd like to be uh, part of the meal or part of that service, either one, you're welcome to come to that service. And also to, uh, be part of the meal, it's, uh, you need to RSVP the office. Uh, Paige and Katie and Cindy all three have announcements and we're going to let them come up and give their announcements at this time and then uh, we'll be uh, ready for our worship. Okay. I just wanted to let you know that Youth Choir is starting back this week on Wednesday and we will meet at 5.30 in the youth room. So um, I would love to have anybody who's interested or tell your friends or anybody's welcome to come. 5.30 on Wednesday. Thanks. Good morning. Paige and I are so excited um, to share with you that Memorial is going to have a pumpkin patch this year. The pumpkin patch is going to be located on the middle strip of grass in the main parking lot out there, and the proceeds from our sales will go to children and youth ministries. We have some flyers that are ready to be distributed today. We'll be talking with the children and the youth more about that um, tonight and from now through October, of course. Um, but we would love for you to take these flyers starting today. Um, and distribute them anywhere you would like. We're going to have a lot of pumpkins in our pumpkin patch, so we would love your help in advertising this. So as Katie said, we're going to have this pumpkin patch, and I think she misstated. Um, we're going to have so many pumpkins that we really don't know if we're going to sell them all. So we need you guys. We are your pumpkin supplier. So we need you guys to buy pumpkins from us. It's going to be great. They're going to be the best pumpkins around, really. So, it's October 4th, 11th, and 18th from 10 to 4, um, and the youth will be there helping out, and so it's going to be great. It's going to be really awesome, so you guys come out and support us if you can. Will you stand and sing with us?
Precious God, we do believe in you with our whole hearts and minds and spirits. But it isn't always easy. Sometimes it's hard to feel you or see your hands in motion. Sometimes you move our mountains one small step at a time. Strengthen our faith so that we can stand strong even in the difficult times. Thank you for loving us whether we are in a time of passion for you or in a time of doubt. You are truly loving and gracious, and we are forever thankful. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. If you would turn and greet your neighbor and children, come forward for the children's service.
Candy, I'm, I, I relate to your obsession with uh, school supplies. I can't, my, you know, I spent 15 years being a, a retail store manager and then three years managing a warehouse. And, and for about five years, I couldn't go into a store without going, they need to fill this end cap up. They need to open some checkouts. It's like I couldn't enjoy the shopping experience. Only now I can do that. So I understand what you're saying. All right, let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh Lord, you are almighty, you're powerful, but you're also merciful. And your enduring mercy calls, is called to our mind this day. And we must confess to you that we're not always ready to treat others with that same generosity that you treat us. And so we, we pray, O oh Lord, this day that you'd forget those things and matters and accounts that where we have failed you and that you'd receive us once again and wash over us with your spirit and forgive us. Forgive us all our short tempers and our lack of charity, our ingratitudes, and wipe clean the accounts of our sin, and have mercy upon us once more. Help us, O oh Lord, to uphold one another. Help us, O oh Lord, to uphold all those within our congregation who are suffering in body, mind, or spirit. We pray especially this day for those families who are dealing with cancer. We pray, O oh God, for those families who are dealing with care, continuing care for their elderly parents. We pray, O oh God, for those this day who face uh, the unknowns of protecting us on foreign lands. We pray, O oh Lord, for each family in the church, and we pray especially for those families listed on our prayer list. We pray now for those who may uh, be on our hearts and minds. O oh Lord, visit the lonely. Give peace to those who are in trouble. Comfort those who mourn. Help us to always learn forgiveness from our Lord. And help us to always offer that same forgiveness to others. Hear us now, O God, for we offer our praise, our petitions, and our thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, and as he taught us to pray, saying these words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, last week, if you recall, Jesus gave us a real hard teaching. He gave us how to handle uh, if somebody sins against us or hurts us in some way. He gave us a three-step program and then... If he gave us that final fourth 
thing which says, even if that doesn't work, you're to treat them as I would treat them, which means mercy and forgiveness. It makes sense then that Peter would come uh, and ask Jesus to clarify this a little bit. And, and so he does. He says here in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, uh, it says, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Okay, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? <laughs> and Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times, which means always. Now I also want to read real quick a couple of verses from Romans. This is a, this is the complimentary passage that goes along with our gospel reading. Paul says in Romans 14, and it's not on the screen, so 14 verse 7, he says, None of us lives to himself alone. None of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So that whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. And it's for this very reason Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will confess to God. And then each of us will give an account of himself to God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for your words. We thank you for your spirit that is present to us. May it guide us this day and each day. Amen. Someone once wrote that the most recognizable mark of a Christian believer is the fact that they're willing to forgive. That they're willing to forgive not only people they know, they're willing to forgive people they don't know. They're, not, they're also willing to forgive their enemies. And this is a recognizable mark of Christians that is not seen with any other, any other religion. This willingness to forgive even their enemies. And these lessons from the Apostle Paul and, the, and Jesus in our Gospel reading, I think remind us how important forgiveness is and why forgiveness is so important. Forgiveness requires something to come from your heart. It's got to come from your heart. And it comes from your heart because you understand the debt that you owe uh, God for all that He's done for you. Something, a debt that you could never repay. And so the only way that you could really repay it is to forgive from the heart others. And when we do that, it releases us. It releases us and it releases others from the hurtful action. In fact, it never fails for me to, to not to understand why people want to not forgive and forget. Because I'm telling you, if you don't learn to forgive and to forget, it will just eat you alive. It won't eat that other person. That other person will either, as we've already learned, they'll either be reconciled to you or they will not. And either way, they will have moved on in their life. But you're the one who will be stuck 
in the past if you cannot forgive and forget. So we have two choices, it seems to me, like in life. And remember, these things are uh, for us Christian believers. These are precepts for us to help us live through this world. We can either seek revenge or we can seek release. Now at first it might seem like that revenge brings peace, but it doesn't. But release brings peace with God. And that's the most important thing that you can attain. A forgiving spirit versus a condemning spirit is what we're talking about. And it's important just for us to remember what Paul has said, just said to us. God has received both the weak and the strong. God has received both you and me. God has called all unto Himself. So who then are we to judge? For God's grace is available to all, and God is willing to extend that grace, and that's His privilege to extend it how God sees fit. Now I must confess to you, that I have spent a good part of my life a lot, a lot like these disciples. I found some of these teachings really, really hard. Uh, for to me, uh, seven times seemed like a pretty good proposition. I, I thought, you know, Peter's talking for all the disciples. They've been there. They talked about this amongst themselves. They said, Peter, you go ask him. <laughs> and maybe seven times will be a good rule of thumb. And, you know, we might can live with, we might can live with that. You know, I might can live with, with uh, uh, I'm going to pick on Jimmy Fowler. I might, I might live with Jimmy uh, forgiving him seven times. Boy, my gosh, when that eighth time comes, you can forget it, Jimmy. That's seven times, that's all you're going to get. I, I, this is the way we think, isn't it? This is our economy of forgiveness. But that's not God's economy. God's economy is 7 times 70, which is a complete number in the Scripture. That means forever. All the time. Every time. No, there's no way you can justify anything but forgiveness if you're a Christian. Now, the thing is that when we fall on the other side... And we're ready to consent, condemn someone to the eternal flames. The Word of God comes to us and convicts us and says clearly, how can you ask me for forgiveness? And yet you will not extend it to others. Indeed, Jesus tells a parable right after this of, that very, of, of using that very example. How can we? How can we? You see, the business of our lives is not to live to please ourselves or to please others, but it's to live a life in and for and pleasing to Christ. And this is what Christ expects of us as disciples. It is to recognize that Christ's gift is for all, that Christ is Lord of all, even those who do not Realize it right now. Christ is Lord of all. He's the Lord of the living. He's the Lord of the dead. 
And we should not despise, nor judge, nor seek revenge, because all, one and all, will stand before God and give an account on Judgment Day. So that's why Paul can say, if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. As Christian believers, we have to think and believe that and operate in our world in this time with that type of thought process. Now what it requires is a forgiving spirit, not a condemning spirit, but it also requires for us to hold in check our rebellious spirit. That rebellious, rebellious spirit that has permeated the world since the beginning. This disobedient spirit that we're prone to have. That causes this to be a hard teaching. If we did not have a rebellious human spirit, this would not be a hard teaching. During the years before I was a minister, I used to watch a lot of religious television. I think the reason I did that was because I worked so much, often worked around the clock, and did not make it to church like I'd like to have. So I tried to supplement it with watching religious television. I used to be ex 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 uh, extremely uh, fond of watching one person. I'm not going to say his name. He might be your favorite TV preacher. <laughs> But he had a tendency, he, what he liked to do was line people up on stage and slap them in the head and then fall back. I see somebody grinning. You've seen that show too, haven't you? And it's supposedly to knock, you know, the evil out of them, the Holy Spirit out of them. And I used to think, man, I would like to be a preacher and ha be able to do that. <laughs> to some people I know. <laughs> you see, that though is our rebellious human spirit. That's, that's what we think. That's what we think. We do not want to answer or be accountable to anyone. And you first have to just realize that. And then you just have to realize that, that God welcomed you. He claimed you. He claimed me and you. He continues to welcome and claim us. He continues to welcome and claim people whose opinion and appearance is different from us. And we got to constantly remind ourselves that God's ways are not our ways. God's love and grace and mercy are beyond what any of us deserve and far beyond our capacity to understand, much less control. And when we yield our desires, to Christ as Lord, we'll experience, I believe, something that is so freeing. And that's the freeing from human sinfulness. There's a, an unmistakable clear message in these passages, I believe. We have been forgiven much. All we seek to forgive much. How can we have judgmental and condemning and unforgiving spirits when God's Spirit is always one of mercy to us? Now, 
do we really think that we are smarter or no better than a sovereign God who created all that we see and do not see, who has redeemed it and sustains it and would renew it and make it all move on that certain day when both the living and the dead will stand before God. You see, the real thing is this. If you don't seek release, then you're just like those who are hollering that day around Pilate saying crucify. Because you wanted revenge. You want revenge for what supposedly the rabbi Jesus had said and done that insulted you and insulted what you thought was proper religious activity. Think about it that way. That's all he really had done. He had offended the first church of Jerusalem. And so those who wanted to seek revenge said crucify him. And here's the thing. is that every time we're not willing to forgive, and we're not willing to release, and we're not living to, willing to move on, then we're not any different than those in the crowd pointing and shouting. When we should be pointing and shouting at ourselves. Because we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And only when we realize our own shortcomings can we be willing to say, I'm sorry, or be willing to say, that's okay, I forgive you. Only when we see our own shortcomings are we able to have that forgiving spirit. It's about forgiveness and not condemnation. You know when this usually comes to people? I tell you where it usually comes to people when they start recalling their life story. When they start recalling and looking and seeing and thinking about all the messes that they made in their life and how God's hand, God's presence was with them through all that. And if it hadn't been, they would have perished long ago. And that's the reason and that's what brings you to say, you know, I'm hum I want to be humble. I want not to be proud and arrogant. I want to be humble and forgiving and thankful. We don't always see God's hand in our life. We don't always see or understand that God's hand's at work in those all around us. But yet, if we'll be quick to trust God and not our own understanding, if we're quick to trust God when our path is not always clear, then we will experience not only God's at work in our life, but we'll experience, I believe, a strange peace. A peace that comes over your spirit that says that no matter what lies ahead, no matter what you're facing, no matter what is around the corner, around the bend, that whether I live or die, I belong to the Lord. 
And God in the end will restore all things. And so I hope that you have seen in these words from the Apostle Paul and from our Lord Jesus Christ within the context of the last week's Scriptures that you have a new promise. You have a new hope. You have a new understanding. Because the Lord lives. He is alive. And surely as the stars shine, as sure as the rain falls, the wind blows, our Lord lives. And so Jesus says to us who believe, do not give up your hope. Don't give up your hope. No matter what you're facing. Stay positive. Be hopeful. Because if one day, every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess. This, in my opinion, helps me to be released from the role of judge that the world so often wants to put on us, that our peers want to put upon us, that other people want to make us feel that we must judge something. You're going to let that person get away with that? Yes. Release. These words of the Lord frees us from the role of judge, puts us on the course of humility, and it gives us a new regard of God as author and giver of mercies. Mercies that are free to wash over us all. Free for us to wash over others. We are free to forgive and forget, to release our hurt to God and receive His peace and move on with hope in life. And I hope that you have found comfort in these words. One final thought. And I wish this was original with me, it's not. But one time, a person said to me, do you not realize that the only way we can operate in this world is the way the Lord wants us to operate. It's when we look at a person's face that we see Jesus. When we look at a person's face, we see Jesus. We don't see Tom or Mary or Sue or Bill. We see Jesus. And if we remember and believe and see Jesus in every person's face. We'll also remember that Jesus died for each of those faces. And our refusal to forgive would be inappropriate because it'd be as if we were not forgiving our Lord Jesus. And remember, the Lord's Prayer reminds us every time we say it, that somehow our willingness to forgive is mysteriously linked to the forgiveness we receive. May God help you understand this. I am Jesus' name.
Let us respond by standing and affirming our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life and death and life beyond death. God is with us. We're not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Be seated and let our ushers come forward. This is
Thank you.